the Looking Glass Forum. We are keeping the suppressed history of the Protestant Reformation, the American Revolution alive. We are exposing the Luciferian doctrine at the core of the agenda for global government. I've been drained. What I've been getting, like, lately, symptoms, they've just been really mild. Like, I'll get, like, a little tiny, little tidbit that lasts for a day or two, but it's nothing like the intense week-long or 10-day-long illness we were, you know, getting before, you know what I mean? So I think our immunity is to, is, is basically learning to kill that thing, you know? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, and my sister had it. She said she barely, I mean, she's getting over it, but she barely had any symptoms. She's been quarantining, but her and her boyfriend both got it, and they're both fine. They just had, they tested twice to see each, to see if they had it. They did. But they just all they had was allergy symptoms. So they, yeah, they don't. They have real light symptoms. Yeah, so that's good. That means their their immune system is is, is, is handling it, and it's not yeah. it's not like a huge illness or disease or whatever. Yeah, it's like we're you know we're learning to manage science <laughs> scientifically. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So you got some time just to talk. I've been just been trying to figure out how to approach the, like because I've just like pulled. So many cans of worms. Can of well, worms. that's what happens when we talk. It just goes. It just. It just. There's so many cans of worms in between <laughs> what we're talking about. But um, I always when I ever talk to you about what we're doing, I always get all these ideas in my head. Can't spit them out. So um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I guess I do. I, I'm not really very enthusiastic right now. I've been I've been having a hard time just. Just trying to find, like, I mean, where we're at, like, right now, you know, in America, it's just so tragic, and it's so, like, horrible, and I know people are out there, I mean, some people are, like, in Michigan, where they're still, like, renewing the, the crisis powers, emergency powers every, like, 30 days, and people are still, like, in lockdowns and masks and stuff, so at least we're in Florida, thank God for that. So we Pelosi's, have some, yeah. Pelosi's last clip was, once again, blaming the recession and gas prices on on uh, the war in Ukraine. Right, of course. And COVID. COVID-19. And, 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 COVID. and COVID, yes, yeah. So those are the reasons for this, to, to cover up. Of course, we know this this kind of like inflation was in the works. I mean, it, it didn't have to happen so dramatically and so obvious and fast. It probably could have been a more gradual tapering, but it, it, was, it was just, it was the course that we were on. It was always going to happen. There was no way to change the fact that that are like we're in debt with compounding fractional debt reserve currency or b- banking or whatever you know what have you fractional reserve banking masters here and, and we're you know with the interest rate is just going to balloon it's gonna it's gonna be disastrous yeah um yeah i think uh, i think a recession means that you that i think it's three either three months or three quarters in a row that was I think it's our spending exceeds gross domestic product. Right. That's the official re- definition, and we're in it now. I mean, I don't see how we're not in it by definition, but they're oh, saying, yeah, people saying it's coming. No, it's there. I mean, it's happening. I, you can see the prices when you go in and out, and and with gas prices especially. And yeah. that's just there, there's oh, a lot of politics behind um, behind gas prices. Yeah. The the, the thing with with Russia and Ukraine is just so interesting because, you know, that's like a long-standing historical rivalry there in the bloodlands, you know? So yeah. it's like, it, it's so strange because 
I mean, it's really the, the, the whole Orthodox, the, the, the Orthodox Church is there, is strong there. So it's, it's interesting that how it's being annihilated now, especially that middle section and that, 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 you know, the area of Ukraine where it had that kind of like holdover Orthodox Christianity from the, the time when the, the Roman Empire had its, its capital there, the East, in Constantinople. Yeah. So that kind of Byzantium Istanbul. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that so that but the whole culture of Byzantium as it's kind of being replaced and it, you know, it was kind of a new Orthodox church there is is really being annihilated too. So but yeah, no, I mean I think that it's interesting. I think I, I can always kind of see that coming. It's weird because Zelensky was making a speech at the at at the Davos. They had the Davos summit at the World Economic Forum and stuff, and he was over there making speeches, and it's, it's just weird. It's just kind of strange. I don't, I'm not really sure how to really take that guy. You know, he's kind of like a international celebrity, like a rock star. Yeah, now. I saw some acting, some, I saw some clips of him acting. But, I mean, <laughs> Ronald Reagan was, and a lot of people think he was one of our best presidents. Right. <clears throat> but, well, but a lot of people do. My dad does. He's a, he was, he's a Democrat. He liked, he liked Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I mean, he did things in the economy that really like helped to help you know change. It's all about economics, you know. And these people are just trying to spend us into oblivion. And if you put, the, you know, if you put, you could see how dramatic it was with with Trump in there. If you just put policies in place, and he was like taking out a lot of regulations. And if you did, he was like he was unchaining the uh, the gas and oil industry to just kind of go full bore, you know. So that, that you know that's and so as soon as Biden comes in, he just completely cuts it off. He cancels the pipelines. He just shuts everything down. And we were totally exporting oil under it's Trump. Almost like, it's almost like getting whiplash, you know? How do we go from exporting oil to being... To, to bring it over to Saudi Arabia and begging, begging. to pump more? Because if we, if we bring it in ships over here in boats, then that's better for the environment, you know? So that's, that's the logic here. But no, of course, it's all Marxian self-destructive behavior here so the whole point of this is just to cut off the nose despite the face and you can see it now like I, I can see the um the supreme court walking back their abortion analysis because of that leak because they have the uh, the antifa and now they have the i don't know if you heard about the james revenge group some kind of like apparently there's certain like homegrown terrorist groups that are allowed and then there's other like homegrown terrorist groups that are on a different like political persuasion they're not allowed so apparently, Jane's Revenge is one of the ones where they get to go around and burn down women's uh, pregnancy health centers. So these are like these are like pregnancy health centers that are that are they're like clinics for women that don't do abortions. So they're like the anti-abortion clinic, right? So women go there to have babies instead of to kill them. Yeah. So Jane's Revenge, of course, thinks this is just completely absurd, and you can't just have a place that's for women's health to have babies born without killing them, oh, right? Yeah. So we're going to burn these places down. So they, they now they're on like 10, 10 women's health centers they burned down in the name of killing babies and abortion freedom. They're America's putting a lot of pressure on the judges, the judges right. too. That's what I was going to say. Protesting in front of their houses. I saw one one where these women were marching and they had blood on them. Right. And then they, they were, their they hands were tied, their arms were tied and they were holding a baby doll with diapers on it. In other words, they were saying, you know, we'll abort you. Don't we don't want to? We don't want this tied to. I don't want to tie this to me, or right. I don't know. It's it's hard to believe it's that it's still thing. legal. Yeah. No. no and it will be. It's going to be. It's going to pass again. They're they're this. 
It's not going to. If it doesn't, I will be surprised. I think the pressure they're putting on the Supreme Court justices is probably like intense. So they're probably like going full bore. They're probably, you know, they, they can't go anywhere. They're probably in hiding. They had the one guy from California they got who was going to try to assassinate one of them. You remember that story? Yeah. Yes, a couple weeks ago. They totally just buried it. It was yeah, it was like a week and a half ago. Two, yeah, so yeah. No one even knows. So the one guy was was saying his name, which I, I it just eludes me now. I should be able to say it, right? The guy's name. Yeah. But, um. They were, they were saying, yeah, that's the whole point. Like, does anybody know this guy's name? Or and like, yeah, he just was going to kill a Supreme Court justice. Obviously, he's a Democrat. He's a liberal LGBTQ crowd. So he just he gets a pass. You know what I mean? So it's it's a strange time we live in. The FBI, like I've been saying, it's just like this neo-Stasi. They just they're just a like a political Gestapo, man, because they're they're not really interested in in holding any of these certain Marxist groups accountable. They, it's almost like they don't exist. Yeah, they're not brought into justice. They're not brought out into the light, and then they're really focusing hard on on just patriot groups or whatever, whatever however you want to define it. But yeah. Well, I try to think there's a conspiracy of, you know, I can see, I can see, I don't see Putin bowing to New World, New World Order. He's, he's against that. But I can see where him destabilizing that area is making a lot of people money, making oil companies money, apparently. He's, he's the reason for the oil shortage. You know, they're, they're making profits. They're not losing. Right. They're making record profits. Well, apparently the the, the uh, Russian money, the ruble or whatever, is the strongest currency in the world right now. And I was telling Winnie that when when they first did their the bank attack on them and it just dropped their ruble down, I was like, Winnie, we should just buy the ruble now. And, and I was thinking, I was kind of torn. I was like, well, is that politically correct or am I a patriot? Or, but that's what you do, right? I mean, if we bought it when it was down, we would be, yeah, we would be really awesome right now. Whatever we put into it would have it would gone up. So They have giant firms that that do nothing but hedge, hedge funds. Right. You know, they're betting on the stocks losing, certain ones losing. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know that's the gist of it. Well, the Federal Reserve note is not money, and it's definitely losing right now. I mean, it's just crashing so hard. That's what the problem is. It's not only the devaluation of the money that's happening on one hand, but it's also the prices are rising on the other hand because of, like, economic pressures you know so they're there as far as the gas i mean diesel being so high is killing farmers it's killing truckers so it makes everything like every cheese the extra piece of cheese you want on your uh, burger yeah. patty that's got to be brought on these trucks and just it's all like tripling and quadrupling in price in plastics yeah everything yeah. everything they have to bring to make everything happen everywhere you know it's like it's going to be more so that's kind of what we're dealing with. It's it's kind of like a stagflation, and probably worse, because yeah. under Nixon, at least he could go and well, he kind of got out from under the the gold standard because people so so the people couldn't come in like France couldn't come in and and just expect gold for their their paper holdings, you know. So he was that's, able to yeah. That's kind of really where we lost it right there with a um, pen stroke of a pen. He does that, you know. Right. So and then it's also crazy too. We were talking about how. The British have control of Hong Kong for another 99 years, and they give it up, what, like 1997 or something? But this is not, not they give up control of that whole region only after 1949 when suddenly this, like, virulent communist 
Stalinist psychopaths take over the whole entire Chinese continent. You know, yeah. and so they let that percolate until 1997, where they just let it go. Instead of like, you know, what I mean, instead of like leaving the the Chinese people in a state of freedom, you know, they they just built this this kind of totalitarian state there and let that happen. They they, they really let that happen the whole time. They were they they had control, you know, and, and when they let Hong Kong go, they let it go into the hands of these now strengthened maniacs who have, you know, nuclear power subs, you know what I mean? They, they didn't, nobody did, dealt with these people, that, you know, with the Chinese regime until it was too late. They, they built them to be this, it just seems like the same thing happened with Lend-Lease, where, where Wall Street and banking corporations and Skull and Bones went and built Stalin and built the, the Soviet Union with private money. So that that's kind of the thing that that's the kind of background that you see with these kind of corporations and stuff. It's like the same thing with the CCP. These guys are so in bed with them with the, you know, with wall street and with, you know, as far as like even Apple, take a company like Apple, they, they have to have their entire thing built there. They want to have this thing built there by practically slave labor. They want to have like an $86 device that they can build, bring over here. It's like fragile as glass, bring over here and sell it to you for $2,800 or whatever. And that's how they're like a multi, you know what I mean? That's how they're doing it. That's how they're a billion dollar corporation. Um, and it's, it's insane that, that uh, we're letting them tell us they're going to reset the glue. There's going to be a global reset stakeholder capitalism and all these kind of, you know, jingoistic globalist, ter- they're elites, they're elitists, you know, and they're, they have no problem starving us all to death. I mean, Stalin starved like 50 million people. Yeah, in Ukraine wasn't it in Ukraine? I think it was. I think I, I think a lot of it was I'm like perfect on my history, but yeah, man. Let me bring Christopher Leonard, the uh, author of Lords of Easy Money. At the very founding, sir, of our republic, the most intense debates in, inside were about this establishment of a central bank, the establishment of credit, the establishment of what they called authorities. It has been the politics of money. From the founding of the revolution, remember, because that was all about taxes and how they were going to get paid, from the founding of our nation all the way up to 1913, the founding of the Federal Reserve. And, and by the way, William James Byers, the late 19th century, he was nominated, I think, by the Democratic Party three times as a presidential candidate. And that speech, the Cross of Gold speech, was about the politics of money. From Hamilton and Jefferson and the, and the humongous fight they had about this, the founding of a national bank. To, to, to Andrew Jackson, who basically took the charter away from the first U.S. National Bank, the first Federal Reserve, and they had the massive fights of Jackson's populist movement was predicated upon this, all the way to William Jennings Bryan in the late 19th century. And all the booms and busts, they always accused that you had too many currencies, nobody had control of the currency. We couldn't be a major nation until you got control of the currency. And then in 1913, with the founding of the Fed, the politics of money totally went away. And so here we are in the early 21st century, and we have this central authority. And as you said it so beautifully, it has these radical experiments. And here's the thing, Chris, as you studied this book and studied the history and interviewed everybody and went there, the thing that gets me as a populist is that these people hold themselves out of this geniuses, that this is all highly mathematical and, and really to the fifth decimal place they thought it through. It's a crapshoot. We've gone through booms and busts that are 10 times bigger than the problems we had in the 19th century before you had a central bank. And the reason is this stuff is so difficult. Christopher Leonard, your thoughts, sir? 
Well, uh, uh, amazing. And, you know, watching that clip and watching those debates, it really it, it made me think about the committee that's having those debates today, the committee that literally met today, the Federal Open Market Committee, those 12 people that run the Fed. And they actually transcribe their internal debates and then release the transcription five years after the fact. So as a reporter, I kind of had this luxury to go back and read every page of these arguments that, that this committee had in, in 2010. And it, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. You're right that they want to present themselves as these sort of Olympian, you know, PhD math geniuses. But when you go back and, and look at what they were talking about, uh, and even look at some of the internal studies and projections that they used to make these hugely consequential decisions that just turned out to be dead wrong. You know, you realize this, this sobering fact, which is that these people are, are basically feeling their way through a dark room. And, and the rest of us are really on the hook for the consequences of that. Hello there. We're back again. It's Looking Glass Forum. And we're just doing another uh, update here. And we have a lot of things going on in the news. You know, it's, a, it's an incredible time in America. It's an incredible time when you we watch the American people grappling with the deep state elite aristocracy that's been running the show in the uh, in America in the United States for a long time. So we're talking about the the administrative state it began under the auspices of President uh, Woodrow Wilson where it really began, where we began this process of being sold out to the international banking system and uh, the international banking system and as far as, far as the, the process of our, our, our national credit being issued to us uh, and as borrowed money through the Federal Reserve System that printed out our currency and took over our treasury and took over the process of uh, American banking so that our currency, our bank of issuance, is no longer publicly held banking institutions within in, in the individual states. Our bank of issuance for our, our currency, our paper money, our fiat currency, became a private banking institution with whose Class A shareholders are, are unrevealed or unknown, and it was centered in Washington D.C. So we not only did our citizenship become nationalized into Washington, D.C., so we're no longer citizens of America, we're no longer citizens of the states, we're no longer state citizens like Floridians and Pennsylvanians, we became citizens of the national government in Washington, D.C., we became subject to Washington, D.C. as our overlord, as our, as our capital imperium, as, a, as the imperial city by which lords over us all, and this became centralized for our citizenship status to who we owe our taxes to, and it became centralized for our, the, the, the banking and for the process of creating debt, individual and bank and private and, and uh, in corporate debt through this fiat currency. And, and this process of accountability, of holding each individual American accountable for the debt, that whole plan w w became uh, arose out of the process of numbering the people with social security numbers. And of course, that was supposed to be a number not for banking and not for identifying numerical codes, right? It wasn't for numerically identifying people. It was just for, for security in the society so you could be socially secure, you know, so on and so forth. So these kind of ideas were propagated first under Woodrow Wilson and then was completed under FDR. The whole thing was really tightened up under FDR. And that's where we're really really lost our sovereignty 
as individual citizens and where we became just denizens of the empire here to be taxed and to be manipulated and our vote our, our belief that we should have a, a vote to direct our government and have democracy all those ideas could just be managed technotronically and through machines and through various forms of manipulation and that's what you're seeing you see massive political fraud and manipulation in elections and I think that's what got exposed under Trump. I think it's been that way a long time. These are not things that just just cropped up under Trump. They've been things that have been, this has been the battlefield all along because the people can undercut Clintons and Obamas and everyone can undercut these elect- electoral processes and manipulate from inside. And of course, Biden being the swamp creature of Washington, D.C., the ultimate swamp creature, he was able to take advantage of his 40 years of experience and build the biggest, largest voter fraud uh, system in history. And, and that's what he said. So as we're going forward, we need to look at this situation. Look at the situation in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is not our country. Washington, D.C. is not our nation. Washington, D.C. is not America. It's not a point of patriotic pride. Washington, D.C. is not the, the, the symbol by which we hold our hand over our hearts and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Washington, D.C. is not our state. It's not one of the states in the United States. Washington, D.C. is not a legitimate government. Washington, D.C. Is, is, is an institution that has that holds nothing for us to be loyal to it or to defend it or to, to look at it as anything related to America. Washington, D.C. is un-American. So we need to recognize now that this administrative state that's rising in power, that's beginning to manage the individuals, that's beginning to empower the 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 big tech elites to just come in like China, like the CCP, and just to censor us, manage us, uh, you know, use bots against us, you, you f- find ways to silence us, use the information that is gathered through these devices and through this, you know, 5G technology grid to find a way to ultimately control the, the, the masses and to use them. And you can see that they're, they've gone to, to all out. The CIA, the, the operations on January 6, 2020 to, to entrap Americans by opening the police, opening the doors, the, the Nancy Pelosi manipulating from the inside and allowing for this whole curated spectacle at the Capitol, this supposed riot to be foisted on, on the American people as some kind of like great terrorist event or something. These kind of strategic maneuvers are what you see coming out of the CIA and other countries when they want to topple a, a, a government, when they want to run a coup d'etat, when they want to run a, a mass uprising against a government they don't like. And, they, of course, they just pulled this stunt in America. So you can see that the institutions of the CIA, the FBI, they're completely political and they're completely out of control and they're beholden to the cult of Obama. And of course, Obama was one of those guys who was going to go down to Jeffrey Epstein Island. No one can know it. No one can say it. No, Biden and Obama were our team pedophile. No one can talk about it. No one is allowed to d- discuss these the predilections of these elite pedophile pigs. That's what you're seeing coming out. You're seeing this come out little by little that these pigs, like Hunter Biden, have are the, the crackheads. I mean, the, their whole entire elite culture is cored out, depraved, and decaying crackhead, pedophile, sick fucks. Sorry for the language. I mean, I've just we're we're at a point now where we're in a stage of warfare. Where you want to call it rhetorical, ideological, political? I mean, we, we are in a stage of, of conflict, cultural warfare, to in order, in order to save our country and, and to take back the reins of power and decision making. We need to put adults in the room and make sure that we can, you know, make America the country that it was always meant to be. And, and in order to do that, we've got to repeal and peel back 
not only all the ties to the United Nations, the World Health Organization, to the World Economic Forum, to the G7 Summit, to the UNESCO, you know, operations, the World Bank. I mean, all, all this entanglement we have with globalism and the global government they're trying to erect here, we have to go ahead and erase those entanglements. But we also have to go back to the, and look at what has stolen the power and the sovereignty away from the democratic institutions of our country. What has stolen this power and what has given over the power to make laws, the power of the sovereign American government to have authority over to different institutions, the different bureaucratic power centers of Washington, D.C., like like we said, like the EPA, like just now we had to deal with the CDC just being completely sold out to China and to, to this whole process of uh, finding out that London and China were going to get together and different uh, thinkers there, think tanks and different intelligence operations are going to just use these operations to inflict on the world the whole catastrophe of COVID-19, which was ultimately just shutting everything down, which and a lot of more people died from the shutdown and from the overreach of the global power structure to control every hamlet and every county and every little backwater in the world from Mozambique to to Tampa, Florida to Alaska and Russia and everywhere in the world had to bow and scrape to these regulations that were coming out of the World Health Organization and were being empowered by the CDC. And of course, this was a plan, a pandemic, a scamdemic, something that was set into place and they had of course had been set up you know, for these vaccines to make billions of dollars. And, that, and that's exactly what happened. And Trump really, I mean, God bless his heart. He didn't really do much to really stand in the way of the steamroller. I mean, what, what could he do? All these plans and all these, this whole agenda for this, this process was in place before uh, Trump got elected. So if, if it was really meant for Hillary to come in there, I'm sure she would have, she would have tried to take away the guns. And of course, a president of the United States who's made president by the Constitution can't go in and take guns away that are protected by the Constitution. A constitutional officer like the president doesn't have the power to undermine the Constitution that makes the president. The Constitution that, that gives us the gun rights is the same Constitution that creates the president. Once you undermine the Constitution and break it down and destroy it and take away gun rights, then you can't have a president. You can't have a Supreme Court. You can't have a Congress. You can't have a constitutional government anymore. That's what people don't understand. This process of undermining the Democrats, especially undermining the Constitution, really just takes away all the, the actual theoretical authority and supposed legitimacy that Washington, D.C. supposedly has. So we have to get back to the original basis here, the administrative state that, that really, you know, Hoover didn't really help it, right? Woodrow Wilson with Colonel Mandel House started the process of enslaving the American people by, you know, ultimately just with the Federal Reserve System and putting us into this unbelievable, unmanageable debt, and which is not a fraud. The fact that we consented, signed up, and we had representatives, and we signed off on this, on the Federal Reserve Bill, and and, and the actual democracy happened, and the, and the Congress gave way to this system of, of putting each individual American into debt was something that was legal. So we need to go back and legally undo it. We need to go back into the into the process of of doing legislation and just undo this Federal Reserve System, the administrative state, and this whole process by which the American government and, and the the federal, the national assembly of the Senate and the Congress have given away its authority and its power, lawmaking the power over to these different bureaucratic agencies 
has to be undone. Okay, so we have to go ahead and we have to look at the IRS. We have to go look at the, the Federal Reserve System. We have to go look at the CDC. We need to go look at the, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, just taking over and just running people's lives, just making up laws as they go. This has to be undone. The process of the Social Security System, which everyone's so scared to, to lose the, their payout, that you know they've been paying into the system. They want to get their payout when they get old. I mean, it's, it's like the third rail of politics. You can't touch it, or you know what I mean? But this whole thing has to be addressed because... Ultimately, that process of Social Security, is there is no lockbox, there is no money there, and there is no ultimate subsidy for people to get paid out. So what we have to do now is readdress this. People are owed money. It's just like the, the people in China who paid for all this real estate, all these housing, and they're, they have the, they're supposed to have this benefit of a home and, and equity and financial prosperity coming from these, uh, the, all, all these real estate ventures in China. But of course, they're collapsing and they lost all their money. And they're, now they're all gathering outside the, the Chinese real estate places and they want their money back. But the CCP is a communist operation. They'll just put them up against the wall and shoot them. They're not going to give them anything back. That's the same thing we're dealing with. with this, the social security scam is a scam. It's a multi-level marketing bullshit scam. You are not going to be able to find that you're going to get paid when you get old just because you paid into that system. So we have to address that. We have to find a way to take care of the people who are owed money. We also have to admit that the system is broken and it's, and it's, it's bankrupt. It's not going to work anymore. And, and, and that's because the Federal Reserve note, the actual fiat currency is broken and it's collapsing. It's not going to work anymore. It's done. So we have to do something about this as Americans. This, this is what's been building. This has been the catastrophe that's been building up for decades and decades and decades. So this is what FDR set into motion. Of course, they attached that debt. That, we're, that, that trillions and trillions of dollars of, of unfunded liability and debt that's piling up, the pressure that's being put on our money to pay for all these things and all these futures and all these, these people's lives you know, going into the future is not available because, first of all, they, they can't print enough for it to maintain its value. And second of all, ultimately, the, the machinations geopolitically in the world with OPEC and with these different baskets of currencies around the world are starting to leave out the Federal Reserve Dollars, the, the, the the global reserve currency is starting to break down in the American dollar, and they're looking to switch it. They're looking to change it. They're looking to ultimately switch off the American dollar as the global reserve currency. Once that happens, we'll be done. We'll be done. The, the paper, even if you have $100, $500 bills in your pocket, it won't be worth half a penny. It will be worth nothing. So you got to recognize that this collapse is coming. you got to recognize the nature of it and how it ties in to the, the, the process by which you do your banking when you want to go on and check your balance. you got to put the last four of your social and put the last four of your card. Your, your social security number is directly bound up with this banking system. This banking system is directly bound up with the interest rate of the Federal Reserve System, the interest rate of the debt, and that debt is collapsing so that we're, we're not, it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to be in a position of prosperity anymore. It doesn't matter what, what your, your, uh, your fixed uh, interest rate on your house was. It doesn't matter what your fixed rate on your credit cards are. That is all bound to be changed once these these interest rates on at the Federal Reserve, at the Board of Governors, at the Federal Reserve table. Once that all changes, so it's going to be cat catastrophe, guys. That's what we're you know you know that's what this is all coming to. And we shouldn't submit any longer to receive Social Security numbers for our kids when we have kids. We shouldn't receive birth certificates anymore because those are just monetary instruments by which they use to make sure that they can maintain the debt system by which they're printing out all this money. So that's what we're getting to. We're going to try to flesh this all out for you. We're in a time now where it's no longer, we're not, we're not into conspiracy theories anymore. 
this is no, there are no reptilians. There's no UFOs flying around scanning us and, 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 you know, doing experiments on the livestock. I mean, all these kind of bizarre weirdo, you know, theories, Bigfoot, those are all distractions from what's really going on in real life in the world, in our lives. So this idea of a conspiracy theory, it shuts down all thought. It shuts down all reason. It shuts down everyone's ability to actually like think through the difficulty and the challenge that we're facing coming up. And, and it ultimately the pain of, of this financial frustration that we're going through because we're just, we're becoming more and more financially strained as we go. That whole process is something that people take personally. They don't recognize that it's a universal, just like the gas prices. It's the, 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 the pressure we're under financially is not just you and your own. It's us all universally together. Even you know people who have built up wealth over a long time, they're finding that their money and their the value and the, the hard work that they put into gaining that wealth, it's it's like a it's like a box with a wet bottom. It's the value is falling out from under the bottom. So we have to go back and address this, and, and we have to understand this, and we have to talk, we take off the masks, we have to look at each other like humans, speak to each other clearly in a way that we you know that we can understand, and we have to educate and learn from one another so that we can find a way to work through this this difficult time. I mean, it's going to get hard out there. And Biden is is running the ship of state against the rocks. He's doing it. Whether he realizes it or not, whether it's just the, the Antifa, you know, communist cronies, the, the Marxist, you know, demagogues that he's brought into the White House. There are a bunch of fools and a bunch of, of amateurs who, who have no idea what's going on here. That's why he just went to Saudi Arabia and came back looking like a fool. Uh, and, and meanwhile, while they were ignoring him, they went over to Putin and did a deal right, o- right over the, uh, the heads of the Americans, right over the head of Biden. They went and did a deal with Putin. So Saudi Arabia is turning its massive financial and, 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 and uh, petro, you know, the petrodollar strength that it has in the, in the, in the world's economy. And, and it's turning uh, towards, towards Russia, towards China to do their deals. So you can see that this is a betrayal and this is a an undermining and an undercutting of the American nation on a geopolitical scale. And it's going to affect us all here. And it's going to open us up to military invasion. Once you start to, once your military starts to collapse and you go into financial bankruptcy, the next stage for people to get their money back is, is to find somebody out there who is willing to, to go to war, do an invasion and, uh, and recoup some of the, the economic losses. Okay. So that's what we're doing. We're dealing with the iron bank. And we are indebted to them to the tune of trillions of dollars. And each individual American out there, you, your kid, your wife, your grandkid, everybody with a social security number owes, I don't know, somewhere to the tune of $200,000 each. Do you have that in, the, in, the, uh, in, your, in your pillows, of your couch, your couch cushions? Can you whip that out? Can we, can we all just, all of us, even you know, five-year-olds, cough up 200 grand real quick so we can just you know, you know, dispense with this massive national debt that's strangling us and sinking us to the bottom of the ocean here? Because ultimately, London... The Bank of England and the City of London, ultimately those bankers there who we owe this money to, they're not interested in finding out that we can't pay our, our, our debt or that we're defaulting or you know, our AAA credit status as an American nation is going to just go down to a double A or single A or maybe a triple B, you know, but we'll no longer be the financial powerhouse of the world. Okay, all that economic and military hegemony that's being built up in the world, it's, it's leaning towards China. And of course, nobody can trust China. Russia can't trust China, but they can't trust America either. America has obviously been proven to be a ship of fools. All right, there's too many monkeys on the train. There's too many morons that have been planted here like Biden. I mean, how does Biden, the worst man in the world, with this crackhead idiot son, how does he become president? By, By creating a system of fraud 
and voter scam and cheating that's been unseen around the world. And of course, for whatever reason, the entire elite knew uh, the, the swamp, the whole system of the deep state bureaucracy and aristocracy that lives in Washington, D.C. That's why you find out, come to find out that the, uh, some of the richest counties in the world, actually the five or six richest, most wealthy counties in the entire United States are surrounding up there in Virginia, up around Washington, D.C., because that's where all the, that's where Obama lives. That's where all the, the billionaire elites live. That's where all the money's being made. That's where all the decisions are being made. That's where all the lobbying happens. That's where all the money gets passed on, underneath the table so that th- these things happen. That's how this corruption from China is breaking down. That's why you have uh, Fang Fang Swalwell. Yeah, you have, you know, you have Senator Feinstein having a Chinese a driver and chauffeur and assistant for over 20 years. So we, we, we've been already broke down. Our espionage, our systems of intelligence are already broke down. All of our, our, our especially, uh, you know, our, our secret guided missile systems, all of our weapons, it's already been stolen. You know what I mean? We've already been laid waste. Our country has already been raped in a geopolitical sense. This is, this is a gang rape of America by the international system. And we have to recognize now that the, the people we see, like Fauci on TV, are not our friends. They're monsters, they're creatures of the deep state in Washington, D.C., and that's who they serve. They serve London masters. They serve, they serve their 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 masters, their paymasters over in Peking, right over the CCP over there. That, that's 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 where this is all. This is where the, all this is developing. That's why you can see that these big, these wealthy elite princes of technology like Apple, right? They're over there in China. They're making their devices. They do not want to give up the slave labor. LeBron James, same way. He wants to make his shoes. For fourteen dollars, and come over here and sell them to you for two hundred. They can't give up their billion-dollar status. They can't give. They can't find a way to make honest wares. They can't w- find a way to make honest gains with even scales and pay people what they're owed. They have to use this slave labor. They need this totalitarian regime in in China, the CCP, to enslave these people to make them work for pennies. They need to have the the suicide gates and the suicide nets around the building so the people when they jump off try to kill themselves because they they have to live and work in the same stinky factory for the rest of their lives the ccb has chosen this is going to be what you're going to do for the rest of their life you you snuck out of the rice paddy stuck into the city now you're going to be used to create apple iphones until you die you'll never need an apple iphone because you're just a little rice paddy chinese uh illiterate but but you'll make them for the western pigs who need them of course they're, they're made out of glass of course, as soon as you send off an EMP blast, the shockwave is going to destroy all your devices and, and all your t- Tesla cars and all your, your, your electronic vehicles. It's all doomed once somebody just sets off a fucking a nuclear explosion in the atmosphere over a city. Okay, so we're, we're at a place now of fragility. Not white fragility, American technological fragility. And it's, it's interesting because they have this great pride in their strength. Amazon, Facebook, Google, you know, Apple, the, the whole system has this sense of godlike pride. Deus, right? D- development. Technological development programs, devs. Deus. We're gods, right? But of course, this system of, of 5G internet Wi Fi technology grid that we're on is as thin as a silk string. 
And as soon as anything goes wrong, as soon as we knock down some electrical grids, as soon as some of these Russian uh, agents in the country come in and blow up some electrical grids, as soon as something happens, as soon as you nuke a city, as soon as you set off a blast in the atmosphere over, over the America and knock out half the, uh, the, the vehicles you can no longer drive, you're going, this technology is going to be useless to you. You're just, it's, just, it's just here now and serves the purpose of the elite to basically observe you, watch you, surveil you. This is surveillance technology, this whole thing. And you have to recognize that it, it, TARPA has this thing scaled out. This isn't just organic technological development over time. This is being placed strategically over time, these developments, this, these social media apps, this technology. It's being built and developed as a tool that can be rolled up anytime that against the world, especially against the American people. Because they want to know what you think. They want to know when you wake up. They want to know when you masturbate to porno. They want to know when you have a religious experience that posts uh, a Bible verse. They want to know that they want to know what your secret thoughts are. They want to know. They want to be able to have permission to look at your texts, at your microphone, at your, at your, at your speaker. You know, whatever is happening with that device, these apps have permission, are going to gain permission, and they're going to use your device to monitor you as many ways as they can. So you just got to know that. So we're not in a conspiracy world. This is just the reality of life being exposed, and it's scary. It's scary for people to to ultimately be faced with the truth, have the blinders ripped off, and have to just look at it, you know, and just see with the, the broad, bright light of day and see what is going on. And so ultimately, that's what you're seeing. You, this election fraud of 2020, the, the, the desperation of the January 6th committee and their tyranny, these, these elites are so desperate, they push it so far that they are just, they're just, there's no habeas corpus. They always say that about Lincoln, that he suspended habeas corpus. But he did, did it in a delicate way where he actually respected the actual Constitution and the whole premise that you're trying to keep, you know, protect individual rights of people. He, he understood that concept. These people, they don't care about that. These Liz Cheney's, she grew up in Washington, D.C. She's just a local Washington, D.C. pig who found uh, an easy seat to grab out in Idaho. She doesn't live out in Nebraska, wherever the hell place she says she represents. She's a nobody. She's just another deep state pig. They're up there on that January 6th committee uh, show trial. It's like a, show, a Stalinist show trial. And they're up there just to attack the American people and to put us all in fear. We need to rise up. We need to go and take back Washington, D.C. and stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of dying. Stop being afraid of being imprisoned. Stop being afraid of, of the consequences of these petty, weak, weak tyrants, these petty tin, tin pot tyrants up there, whatever they could do to us. Our currency is already collapsing. Our system of, of life here in America, our, our process of, of, of gaining prosperity, it's already been evaporated. This thing is already done. We have to, we, the only thing left to do now is to go up there and to find those deep state pigs, the swamp monsters, and kick them out. Get rid of get rid of crackhead Biden, get rid of Cackala, get rid of all, of all these pigs up there. Nancy Pelosi has got to go. She is a mentally deranged, psychopathic individual. She's the one behind January 6th. She's the one behind all these uh, Washington D.C. police police department guys coming up dead. Yeah, the sergeant of arms, Michael Stanger, he just turned up dead. He was in perfect health. I don't care if he was 83. Or 85, I don't care, he was 70, a little over 70, he was a perfect health, he was about to go to January 6th committee and talk about the fact that Antifa was there on January 6th, 2020, we, everybody knows that they had the Trump hats on backwards, they were, they were not acting like Trump supporters, they were 
breaking the building. They were not Trump's. They had Trump capes on, like little Trump flags as capes. If you watch the videos, you can see them everywhere. And all they're they're doing is hitting people, hitting police, hitting other Trump supporters, hitting the building. They're just causing havoc. And they did it all. And if, if, I don't know who thought of it or what what kind of plan it was, but ultimately it wasn't. It, it was a, a true false flag operation. And you could see it coming from a mile away. The very day it happened, everyone was talking about Antifa was there. And of course, it's just being suppressed. And we're trying to just find people who are you know, good-natured people out there who are just want their constitution, want their, 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 their Bill of Rights, and don't want to be sold out to the globalist police state and the, and, and the, the administrative state that's selling out to the globalist government. And these people are just being run. They're, they're, you can't even get them on bail. You can't. They've been. They're going on two years, just being held with barely any charges. I mean, it's a. It's a. It's an absolute joke. So we need to take names. We need to remember who these prosecutors are. We need to remember who it is that's there, that's taking politically, the, J, the January Sixth Committee. Everyone there that's supporting this, and we need to remember this because coming up, they're not going to be able to cheat on every election. They're not going to be able to cheat in every county. They're not going to, we're going to take power back in our country. It's going to be the hard way. It's going to be a difficult fight. But we got to quit playing around. Quit trying to share the microphone with, with sycophant nutcases. And just go ahead and take back America. That's what this is going to come down to. Dr. Malone, tell us about, you've now set your sights with this piece. Is Malone still there? Or are we dropping? Yep, I'm here. Okay, we got it. Uh, administrative state, walk us through this piece because you pulled the camera back a little bit to kind of give some perspective on what we're dealing with on, on the FDA and the CDC. Uh, so walk us through your piece. I've been trying to sort out what is the root cause, what are the root cause analysis results for, our, for this whole COVID crisis. And certainly a lot of the blame lies with the World Economic Forum and those folks that are of that kind of that give, but uh, in particular here domestically, we've got a problem, and you've correctly correctly pointed out now for quite a long time, and that is the administrative state. I have been um, uh, really worried about trying to find any pathway forward that we could take this monster on. Until now, we've had these legal decisions that are emerging from the Supreme Court that are acknowledging that this uh, doctrine, which is underpinning the administrative state, uh, the set of doctrines, um, that being the uh, um, uh, Chevron defense and the non-delegation principle, uh, are now under question. They are being threatened by the Supreme Court, and this is the underpinning that has allowed the administrative state to exist, which is the logic that Congress is able to basically not do its job and delegate its authority to manage the nation and guide it and set the laws and has delegated that to this fourth estate that uh, you appropriately call the administrative state. So uh, in walking through this, once I kind of wrap my mind around that and the meaning of some of these new judicial de decisions, I came to appreciate that really this was the core of this whole beast. It's the administrative state that has driven the COVID crisis through their unilateral actions that have been totally uh, um, 
refractory to executive oversight during the Trump administration. They have actively played the president and that administration resisted at every turn. And then Biden came in and Biden is basically a creature of the administrative state, near as I can tell, together with the Washington Post. But, he does everything but, he can to support But hang on a second. In the administrative state, You've now had the administrative state's bad enough. That's a fourth branch of government's impervious to elections. It's just permanent. I read that piece about the Vietnam War from Neil Shaheen in the Best of the Brightest. But in the national defense area, and worse, in the medical public health area, it used to be called regulatory capture. This is not regulatory capture anymore. We're talking about something, and this is why your research and knowledge is so important. This is the merger. It's, 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 it's what we call, what uh, Jack Posobiec used to say, elite capture with the Chinese Communist Party, the elite capture. He says, no, what you're seeing there is elite merger. The merger of the state capitalism and authoritarian outlook of Beijing with London, with Paris, with Davos, with Brussels, and particularly with Washington, D.C. It's elite merger. What you're seeing at your level is not regulatory capture. We're beyond that. When you look, yes. when you see, when you see Malone deconstructing FDA and CDC, and this is when these decisions start to make sense, because I keep asking, how can I have brilliant guys like Malone and these other people that are all credentialed? McCullough, these are guys all from Harvard, or they're all from Stanford, and they're sitting there going, no, this is wrong, and you got guys on the same thing saying, no, 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 we're going to put the jab in the kids from five to six. I said, it can't be. The bit the answer is something wrong. It's administrative state and big pharma merger. You have not regulatory capture. That's an old concept. That's like talking about bureaucrats. If you're talking about bureaucrats, you're back in the, the buggy era. This ain't about a bureaucracy. This is about a state. This is what, what did he call it? Uh, even Neil Shaheen called, I think, the concentrated state, right? Yep. That was in, in the Pentagon and thing. That's what Malone's talking about. And if you think any one administration, this is the guys who tried to force Trump out. You saw that in the... The yep. interagency process. Remember Vindman and those guys. Well, the interagency process, like it's sacrosanct. I've got a, I've got the holy grail of how the administrative state works. It's the memo. It's the interagency process. Uh, Doctor Malone, I know this. You work on this huge book, but connect because here, it, 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 it's so uh, disorienting for people to see credentialized people on both sides of this, and you can't kind of understand this wilderness of mirrors, which they used to call the intelligence community. The FDA, the CDC, and the big pharma, they all move as a team, do they not, sir? Yeah, it is coordinated, and you're exactly right. The intelligence community is a key component of this. It's actively been weaponized to support the administrative state. In my opinion, it acts as an arm of the administrative state. The administrative state has become a structure uh, that is referred to by political scientists as inverted totalitarianism. It's a totalitarian structure in which the ostensible leader, the president, is actually at the service of the administrators. That's why it's inverted. And he's at the service and beck and call of, in particular, the uh, uh, core of specialists, uh, the uh, uh, senior executive service, that manages the entire country proudly as its own flag. And what these people have done is they've partnered with corporations, with all the big boys, 
And they've done it through a variety of different mechanisms. There's all the trivial mechanisms that we already kind of know about, such as the revolving door that exists between federal employees and big pharma, just as one example. And this occurs throughout all of the agencies that have a regulatory function. But uh, they have developed also special tools in the case of the CDC and the NIH, such as the Foundation for CDC and the Foundation for NIH. These are congressionally chartered ways that big pharma can push money into the agencies, and particularly Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and get them to do their bidding. Otherwise, this activity would have been expressly prohibited, but the Congress has allowed it to happen by legislative action directly. Then, as if that isn't bad enough, we've all been shocked by the huge amounts of royalty revenue coming to federal employees and Tony Fauci, etc., which there's been an attempt to hide the Freedom of Information Act request responses. This is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, and this directly ties... Uh, NIH and CDC staff, leadership, uh, senior executive service, and the corporations that they serve. They, they create uh, inventions, intellectual property using taxpayer money. They then patent this license, including in many cases exclusive licenses, to the uh, corporations in the uh, pharmaceutical, medical, industrial complex. They then pay directly both the institutes and their employees that were involved in those uh, decisions. And those people are now involved in making the decisions about who gets further funding for what technologies. It's a clear conflict of interest. It was never the intention of the Bayh-Dole Act to include federal employees in this process. It was supposed to incentivize the private sector and universities and nonprofits, but it is been turned on its head to become a, a clear uh, and present danger by tying the uh, interests of big corporate America directly to the administrative state. Hello there, we're back again. It's Looking Glass Forum, and we're just doing another uh, update here. And we have a lot of things going on in the news. You know, it's, a, it's an incredible time in America. It's an incredible time when you we watch the American people grappling with the deep state elite aristocracy that's been running the show in the uh, in America in the United States for a long time. So we're talking about the the administrative state it began under the auspices of President uh, Woodrow Wilson, where it really began, where we began this process of being sold out to the international banking system. And uh, the international banking system, and as far as far as the the process of our, our, our national credit being issued to us uh, and as borrowed money through the Federal Reserve system, they printed out our currency and took over our treasury and took over the process of uh, American banking, so that our currency, our bank of issuance, is no longer publicly held banking institutions within in, in the individual states. Our bank of issuance for our, our currency, our paper money, our fiat currency, became a private banking institution with whose Class A shareholders are, are unrevealed or unknown, and it was centered in Washington D.C. So we not only did our citizenship 
become nationalized into Washington, D.C., so we're no longer citizens of America, we're no longer citizens of the states, we're no longer state citizens like Floridians and Pennsylvanians, we became citizens of the national government in Washington, D.C. We became subject to Washington, D.C. as our overlord, as our, as our capital imperium, as, a, as the imperial city by which lords over us all. And this became centralized for our citizenship status to who we owe our taxes to, and it became centralized for our, the, the, the banking and for the process of creating debt, individual and bank and private and, and uh, in corporate debt through this fiat currency. And in this process of accountability, of holding each individual American accountable for the debt, that whole plan w w became uh, arose out of the process of numbering the people with social security numbers. And of course, that was supposed to be a number not for banking and not for identifying numerical codes, right? It's, it wasn't for numerically identifying people. It was just for, for security in the society so you could be socially secure, you know, so on and so forth. So these kind of ideas were propagated first under Woodrow Wilson and then was completed under FDR. The whole thing was really tightened up under FDR and that's where we really, really lost our sovereignty as individual citizens and where we became just denizens of the empire here to be taxed and to be manipulated and, and our vote our, our belief that we should have a, a vote to direct our government and have democracy all those ideas could just be managed technotronically and through machines and through various forms of manipulation and that's what you're seeing you see massive political fraud and manipulation in elections and I think that's what got exposed under Trump I think it's been that way a long time these are not things that just just cropped up under Trump They've been things that have been, this has been the battlefield all along because the people can undercut Clintons and Obamas and everyone can undercut these electoral processes and manipulate from inside. And of course, Biden being the swamp creature of Washington, D.C., the ultimate swamp creature, he was able to take advantage of his 40 years of experience and build the biggest, largest voter fraud uh, system in history. And, and that's what he said. So... As we're going forward, we need to look at this situation. Look at the situation in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is not our country. Washington, D.C. is not our nation. Washington, D.C. is not America. It's not a point of patriotic pride. Washington, D.C. is not the, the, the symbol by which we hold our hand over our hearts and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Washington, D.C. is not our state. It's not one of the states in the United States. Washington, D.C. is not a legitimate government. Washington, D.C. Is, is, is an institution that has that holds nothing for us to be loyal to it or to defend it or to, to look at it as anything related to America. Washington, D.C. is un-American. So we need to recognize now that this administrative state that's rising in power, that's beginning to manage the individuals, that's beginning to empower the, the, the big tech elites to just come in like China, like the CCP, and just to censor us, manage us, uh, you know, use bots against us, you, you find ways to silence us, use the information that is gathered through these devices and through this, you know, 5G technology grid to find a way to ultimately control the, the, the masses and to use them. And you can see that they're, they've gone to, to all out. The CIA, the, the operations on January 6, 2020 to, to entrap Americans by opening the police, opening the doors, the, the Nancy Pelosi manipulating from the inside and allowing for this whole curated spectacle at the Capitol, this supposed riot to be foisted on, on the American people as some kind of like great terrorist event or something. These kind of strategic maneuvers 
or what you see coming out of the CIA and other countries when they want to topple a, a, a government, when they want to run a coup d'etat, when they want to run a, a mass uprising against the government they don't like. And, they, of course, they just pulled this stunt in America. So you can see that the institutions of the CIA, the FBI, they're completely political and they're completely out of control and they're beholden to the cult of Obama. And of course, Obama was one of those guys who was going to go down to Jeffrey Epstein Island. No one can know it. No one can say it. No, Biden and Obama were our team pedophile. No one can talk about it. No one is allowed to d- discuss these the predilections of these elite pedophile pigs. That's what you're seeing coming out. You're seeing this come out little by little that these pigs, like Hunter Biden, have are the, the crackheads. I mean, the, their whole entire elite culture is cored out, depraved, and decaying crackhead, pedophile, sick fucks. Sorry for the language. I mean, I've just we're we're at a point now where we're in a stage of warfare. Where you want to call it rhetorical, ideological, political? I mean, we are in a stage of, of conflict, cultural warfare, to in order to save our country and, and to take back the reins of power and decision making. We need to put adults in the room and make sure that we can, you know, make America the country that it was always meant to be. And in order to do that, we've got to repeal and peel back not only all the ties to the United Nations, the World Health Organization, to the World Economic Forum, to the G7 summit, to the UNESCO, you know, operations, the World Bank. I mean, all, all this entanglement we have with globalism and the global government they're trying to erect here, we have to go ahead and erase those entanglements. But we also have to go back to the, and look at what has stolen the power and the sovereignty away from the democratic institutions of our country. What has stolen this power and, and, and what has given over the, the power to make laws, the power of the, the sovereign American government to, to have authority over to different institutions, the different bureaucratic power centers of Washington, D.C., like, like we said, like the EPA, like just now we had to deal with the CDC just being completely sold out to China and to, to this whole process of uh, finding out that London and China were going to get together and different uh, thinkers there, think tanks, and different intelligence operations are going to just use these operations to inflict on the world the whole catastrophe of COVID-19, which was ultimately just shutting everything down, which and a lot of more people died from the shutdown and from the overreach of the global power structure to control every hamlet and every county and every little backwater in the world from Mozambique to to Tampa, Florida, to Alaska and Russia and everywhere in the world had to bow and scrape to these regulations that were coming out of the World Health Organization and were being empowered by the CDC. And of course, this was a plan, a pandemic, a scamdemic, something that was set into place. And they had, of course, had been set up you know, for these vaccines to make billions of dollars. And, that, and that's exactly what happened. And Trump really, I mean, God bless his heart. He didn't really do much to really stand in the way of the steamroller. I mean, what, what could he do? All these plans and all these, this whole agenda for this, this process was in place before uh, Trump got elected. So if, if it was really meant for Hillary to come in there, I'm sure she would have, she would have tried to take away the guns. And of course, a president of the United States who's made president by the Constitution can't go in and take guns away that are protected by the Constitution. A constitutional officer like the president doesn't have the power to undermine the Constitution that makes the president. The Constitution that, that gives us the gun rights is the same Constitution that creates the president. Once you undermine the Constitution and break it down and destroy it and take away gun rights, then you can't have a president. You can't have a Supreme Court. You can't have a Congress. You can't have a constitutional government anymore. That's what people don't understand. 
this process of undermining the, the Democrats, especially undermining the Constitution, really just takes away all the, the actual theoretical authority and supposed legitimacy that Washington, D.C. supposedly has. So we have to get back to the original basis here, the administrative state that, that really, you know, Hoover didn't really help it, right? Woodrow Wilson with Colonel Mandel House started the process of enslaving the American people by, you know, ultimately just with the Federal Reserve System and putting us into this unbelievable, unmanageable debt, and which is not a fraud. The fact that we consented, signed up, and we had representatives and we signed off on this, on the Federal Reserve Bill, and, and, and the actual democracy happened, and the, and the Congress gave way to this system of, of putting each individual American into debt was something that was legal. So we need to go back and legally undo it. We need to go back into the into the process of, of doing legislation and just undo this Federal Reserve System, the administrative state, and this whole process by which the American government and, and the, the federal, the national assembly of the Senate and the Congress have given away its authority and its power, lawmaking of power over to these different bureaucratic agencies has to be undone. Okay, so we have to go ahead and we have to look at the IRS. We have to go look at the, the Federal Reserve System. We have to go look at the CDC. We need to go look at the, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, just taking over and just running people's lives, just making up laws as they go. This has to be undone. The process of the Social Security System, by which everyone's so scared to, to lose the, their payout, that you know they've been paying into the system, they want to get their payout when they get old. I mean, it's it's like the third rail politics. You can't touch it, or you know what I mean. But this whole thing has to be addressed because ultimately that process of Social Security is no, there is no lockbox, there is no money there, and there is no ultimate subsidy for people to get paid out. So what we have to do now is re, readdress this. People are owed money. It's just like the, the people in China who paid for all this real estate, all these housing, and they, they have to, they're supposed to have this benefit of a home and, and equity and financial prosperity coming from these, uh, the, all, all these real estate ventures in China. But of course, they're collapsing and they lost all their money. And they're, now they're all gathering outside the, the Chinese real estate places and they want their money back. But the CCP is a communist operation. They'll just put them up against the wall and shoot them. They're not going to give them anything back. That's the same thing we're dealing with. with this, the social security scam is a scam. It's a multi-level marketing bullshit scam. You are not going to be able to find that you're going to get paid when you get old just because you paid into that system. So we have to address that. We have to find a way to take care of the people who are owed money. We also have to admit that the system is broken and it's, and it's, it's bankrupt. It's not going to work anymore. And, and, and that's because the Federal Reserve note, the actual fiat currency is broken and it's collapsing. It's not going to work anymore. It's done. So we have to do something about this as Americans. This, this is what's been building. This has been the catastrophe that's been building up for decades and decades and decades. So this is what FDR set into motion. Of course, they attached that debt that we're that, that trillions and trillions of dollars of, of unfunded liability and debt that's piling up, the pressure that's being put on our money to pay for all these things and all these futures and all these these people's lives, you know, going into the future is not available because first of all, they they can't print enough for it to maintain its value, and second of all. Ultimately, the, the machinations geopolitically in the world with OPEC and with these different baskets of currencies around the world is starting to leave out the Federal Reserve. The, the, the global reserve currency is starting to break down in the American dollar, and they're looking to switch it. They're looking to change it. They're looking to ultimately switch off the American dollar as the global reserve currency. Once that happens, we'll be done. 
will be done. The, the paper, even if you have $100, $500 bills in your pocket, it won't be worth half a penny. It won't be worth nothing. So you got to recognize that this collapse is coming. you got to recognize the nature of it and how it ties in to the, the, the process by which you do your banking. When you want to go on and check your balance, you got to put the last four of your social and put the last four of your card. Your, your social security number is directly bound up with this banking system. This banking system is directly bound up with the interest rate of the Federal Reserve System, the interest rate of the debt, and that debt is collapsing so that we're, we're not, it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to be in a position of prosperity anymore. It doesn't matter what, what your, your, uh, your fixed uh, interest rate on your house was. It doesn't matter what your fixed rate on your credit cards are. That is all bound to be changed once these, these interest rates on at the Federal Reserve, at the Board of Governors, at the Federal Reserve table, once that all changes. So it's going to be cat- catastrophe, guys. That's what we're, you know, you know that's what this is all coming to. And we shouldn't submit any longer to receive Social Security numbers for our kids when we have kids. We shouldn't receive birth certificates anymore because those are just monetary instruments by which they use to make sure that they can maintain the debt system by which they're printing out all this money. So that's what we're getting to. We're going to try to flesh this all out for you. We're in a time now where it's no longer, we're not, we're not into conspiracy theories anymore. This is no, there are no reptilians. There's no UFOs flying around scanning us and, 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 you know, doing experiments on the livestock. I mean, all these kind of bizarre weirdo, you know, theories, Bigfoot, those are all distractions from what's really going on in real life in the world, in our lives. So th- this idea of a conspiracy theory, it shuts down all thought, it shuts down all reason, it shuts down everyone's ability to actually like think through the difficulty and the challenge that we're facing coming up. And, and it, ultimately the pain of, of this financial frustration that we're going through, because we're just, we're becoming more and more financially strained as we go, that whole process is something that people take personally. They don't recognize that it's a universal just like the gas prices, it's the, 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 pr- the pressure we're under financially is not just you and your own. It's us all universally together. Uh, even you know people who have built up wealth over a long time, they're finding that their money and their the value and the, the hard work that they put into gaining that wealth, it's it's like a it's like a box with a wet bottom. It's the value is falling out from under the bottom. So we have to go back and address this, and, and we have to understand this, and we have to talk, we have to take off the masks. We have to look at each other like humans speak to each other clearly in a way that we, you know, that we can understand and we have to educate and learn from one another so that we can find a way to work through this, this difficult time. I mean, it's going to get hard out there and Biden is, is running the ship of state against the rocks. He's doing it, whether he realizes it or not, whether it's just the, the Antifa, you know, communist cronies, the, the Marxist, you know, demagogues that he's brought into the white house. There are a bunch of fools and a bunch of of amateurs who, who have no idea what's going on here. That's why he just went to Saudi Arabia and came back looking like a fool. And, and meanwhile, while they were ignoring him, they went over to Putin and did a deal right, o- right over the, uh, the heads of the Americans, right over the head of Biden. They went and did a deal with Putin. So Saudi Arabia is turning its massive financial and, 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 and uh, petro, you know, the petrodollar strength that it has. In the, in the in the world's economy and, and it's turning uh, towards towards Russia towards China to do their deals. So you can see that this is a betrayal, and this is a an undermining and an undercutting of the American nation on a geopolitical scale, and it's going to affect us all here. And it's going to open us up to military invasion. Once you start to once your military territory starts to collapse and you go into financial bankruptcy, the next stage for people to get their money back 
is, is to find somebody out there who is willing to, to go to war, do an invasion, and, uh, and recoup some of the, the economic losses. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the Iron Bank. And we are indebted to them to the tune of trillions of dollars. And each individual American out there, you, your kid, your wife, your grandkid, everybody with a social security number owes, I don't know, somewhere to the tune of $200,000 each. Do you have that in, the, in, the, uh, in, your, in your pillows, of your, of your couch, your couch cushions? Can you whip that out? Can we, can we all just, all of us, even you know, five-year-olds, cough up 200 grand real quick so we can just you know, you know, dispense with this ma- massive national debt that's strangling us and sinking us to the bottom of the ocean here? Because ultimately, London... The Bank of England and the City of London, ultimately those bankers there who we owe this money to, they're not interested in finding out that we can't pay our, our, our debt or that we're defaulting or you know, our AAA credit status as an American nation is going to just go down to a double A or, or single A or maybe a triple B, you know, but we'll no longer be the financial powerhouse of the world. Okay, all that economic and military hegemony that's being built up in the world, it's, it's leaning towards China. And of course, nobody can trust China. Russia can't trust China, but they can't trust America either. America has obviously been proven to be a ship of fools. All right, there's too many monkeys on the train. There's too many morons that have been planted here like Biden. I mean, how does Biden, the worst man in the world, with this crackhead idiot son, how does he become president? By, By creating a system of fraud and voter scam and cheating that's been unseen around the world. And of course, for whatever reason, the entire elite New, uh, the, the swamp, the whole system of the deep state bureaucracy and aristocracy that lives in Washington, D.C. That's why you find out, come to find out that the, uh, some of the richest counties in the world, actually the five or six richest, most wealthy counties in the entire United States are surrounding up there in Virginia, up around Washington, D.C., because that's where, all the, that's where Obama lives. That's where all the, the billionaire elites live. That's where all the money's being made. That's where all the decisions are being made. That's where all the lobbying happens. That's where all the money gets passed underneath the table so that these things happen. That's how this corruption from China is breaking down. That's why you have uh, Fang Fang Swalwell. Yeah, you have, you know, you have Senator Feinstein having a Chinese driver and chauffeur and assistant for over 20 years. So we've been already broke down. Our espionage, our systems of intelligence are already broke down. All of our, our, our especially, uh, you know, our, our secret guided missile systems, all of our weapons, it's already been stolen. You know what I mean? We've already been laid waste. Our country has already been raped in a geopolitical sense. This is, this is a gang rape of America by the international system. And we have to recognize now that the, the people we see, like Fauci on TV, are not our friends. They're monsters, they're creatures of the deep state in Washington, D.C., and that's who they serve. They serve London masters. They serve, they serve their 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 masters, their paymasters over in Peking, right over the CCP over there. That, that's 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 where this is all. This is where the, all this is developing. That's why you can see that these big these wealthy elite princes of technology like Apple, right? They're over there in China. They're making their devices. They do not want to give up the slave labor. LeBron James, same way. He wants to make his shoes for $14 and come over here and sell them to you for 200 They can't give up their billion-dollar status. They can't give. They can't find a way to make honest wares. They can't w- find a way to make honest gains with even scales and pay people what they're owed. They have to use this slave labor. They need this totalitarian regime in, in China, the CCP, to enslave these people, to make them work for pennies. They need to have the, the suicide gates and the suicide nets around the building so the people, when they jump off, 
to try to kill themselves because they, they have to live and work in the same stinky factory for the rest of their lives. The CCB has chosen, this is going to be what you're going to do for the rest of the life. You, you, you snuck out of the rice paddy, stuck into the city, now you're going to be used to create Apple iPhones until you die. You'll never need an Apple iPhone because you're just a little rice paddy, Chinese uh, illiterate. But, but you'll make them for the Western pigs who need them. Of course, they're, they're made out of glass. Of course, as soon as you send off an EMP blast, the shockwave is going to destroy all your devices and, and all your t Tesla cars and all your, your, your electronic vehicles. It's all doomed once somebody just sets off a fucking a nuclear explosion in the atmosphere over a city. Okay, so we're, we're at a place now of fragility. Not white fragility, American technological fragility. And it's interesting because they have this great pride and their strength, Amazon, Facebook, Google, you know, Apple, the, the whole system has this sense of godlike pride. Deus, right? D development. Technological development programs, devs. Deus. We're gods, right? But of course, this system of, of 5G, internet, Wi-Fi technology grid that we're on is, is thin as a silk string. And as soon as anything goes wrong, as soon as we knock down some electrical grids, as soon as some of these Russian uh, agents in the country come in and blow up some electrical grids, as soon as something happens, as soon as you nuke a city, as soon as you set off a blast in the atmosphere over, over the America and knock out half the, uh, the, the vehicles who can no longer drive, you're going, this technology is going to be useless to you. You're just, it's, just, it's just here now and serves the purpose of the elite to basically observe you, watch you, surveil you. This is surveillance technology, this whole thing. And you have to recognize that it, it, TARPA has this thing scaled out. This isn't just organic technological development over time. This is being placed strategically over time, these developments, this, these social media apps, this technology. It's being built and developed as a tool that can be rolled up anytime against the world, especially against the American people. Because they want to know what you think. They want to know when you wake up. They want to know when you masturbate to porno. They want to know when you have a religious experience and post uh, a Bible verse. They want to know that they want to know what your secret thoughts are. They want to know they want to be able to have permission to look at your texts, at your microphone, at your, at your speaker, you know, whatever is happening with that device. These apps have permission, are going to gain permission, and they're going to use your device to monitor you as many ways as they can. So you just got to know that. So we're not in a conspiracy world. This is just the reality of life being exposed, and it's scary. It's scary for people to, to ultimately be faced with the truth, have the blinders ripped off, and have to just look at it, you know, and just see with the, the broad, bright light of day and see what is going on. And so ultimately, that's what you're seeing. You, this election fraud of 2020, the, the, the desperation of the January 6th committee and their tyranny, these, these elites are so desperate, they push it so far that they are just, they're just, there's no habeas corpus. They always say that about Lincoln, that he suspended habeas corpus. But he did it in a delicate way where he actually respected the actual Constitution and the whole premise that you're trying to keep, you know, protect individual rights of people. He, he understood that concept. These people, they don't care about that. These Liz Cheney's, she grew up in Washington, D.C., She's just a local Washington, D.C. pig who found an easy seat to grab out in Idaho. She doesn't live out in Nebraska, wherever the hell place she says she represents. She's a nobody. She's just another deep state pig. And they're up there on that January 6th committee uh, show trial. It's like a, show, a Stalinist show trial. And they're up there just to attack the American people and to put us all in fear. We need to rise up. 
We need to go and take back Washington, D.C. and stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of dying. Stop being afraid of being imprisoned. Stop being afraid of, of the consequences of these petty, weak, weak tyrants, these petty tin, tin pot tyrants up there, whatever they could do to us. Our currency is already collapsing. Our system of, of life here in America, our, our process of, of, of gaining prosperity, it's already been evaporated. This thing is already done. We have to. Our, we, the only thing left to do now is to go up there and to find those deep state pigs, the swamp monsters, and kick them out. Get rid of, get rid of crackhead Biden. Get rid of Kakala. Get rid of all, of all these pigs up there. Nancy Pelosi has got to go. She is a mentally deranged, psychopathic individual. She's the one behind January 6th. She's the one behind all these uh, Washington D.C. police police department guys coming up dead. Yeah, the sergeant of arms, Michael Stanger, he just turned up dead. He was in perfect health. I don't care if he was 83 or 85. I don't care. He was 70, a little over 70. He was in perfect health. He was about to go to January 6th committee and talk about the fact that Antifa was there on January 6th, 2020. We, everybody knows that they had the Trump hats on backwards. They were that they were not acting like Trump supporters. They were breaking the building. They were not Trump's. They had Trump capes on, like little Trump flags as capes. If you watch the videos, you can see them everywhere. And all they're, they're doing is hitting people, hitting police, hitting other Trump supporters, hitting the building. They're just causing havoc. And they did it all. And if, if, I don't know who thought of it or what, what kind of plan it was. But ultimately, it wasn't. It, it was a, a true false flag operation. And you can see it coming from a mile away. The very day it happened, everyone was talking about Antifa was there. And, of course, it's just being suppressed. And we're trying to just find people who are, you know, good-natured people out there who are just want their Constitution, want their, 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 their Bill of Rights, and don't want to be sold out to the globalist police state and the, and, and the, the administrative state that's selling out to the globalist government. And these people are just being run. They're, they're, you can't even get them on bail. You can't. They've been. They're going on two years, just being held with barely any charges. I mean, it's a. It's a. It's an absolute joke. So we need to take names. We need to remember who these prosecutors are. We need to remember who it is that's there, that's taking politically, the J, the January sixth committee. Everyone there that's supporting this, and we need to remember this because coming up, they're not going to be able to cheat on every election. They're not going to be that cheat in every county. They're not going to, we're going to take power back in our country. It's going to be the hard way. It's going to be a difficult fight. But we got to quit playing around, quit trying to share the microphone with, with sycophant nutcases, and just go ahead and take back America. That's what this is going to come down to. Dr. Malone, tell us about, you've now set your sights with this piece. Is Malone still there? Or are we dropping? Yep, I'm here. Okay, we got it. Uh, administrative state, walk us through this piece because you pulled the camera back a little bit to kind of give some perspective on what we're dealing with on, on the FDA and the CDC. Uh, so walk us through your piece. I've been trying to sort out what is the root cause, what are the root cause analysis results for this whole COVID crisis. And certainly a lot of the blame lies with the World Economic Forum and those folks that are of that kind of that give, but uh, in particular here domestically, we've got a problem, and you correctly correctly pointed out now for quite a long time, and that is the administrative state. I have been um, uh, really worried about trying to find any pathway forward that we could take this monster on. Until now, we've had these legal decisions that are emerging from the Supreme Court 
that are acknowledging that this uh, doctrine, which is underpinning the administrative state, uh, the set of doctrines, um, that being the uh, um, uh, Chevron defense and the non-delegation principle, uh, are now under question. They are being threatened by the Supreme Court, and this is the underpinning that has allowed the administrative state to exist, which is the logic that Congress is able to basically not do its job and delegate its authority to manage the nation and guide it and set the laws and has delegated that to this fourth estate that uh, you appropriately call the administrative state. So uh, in walking through this, once I kind of wrap my mind around that and the meaning of some of these new judicial decisions, I came to appreciate that really this was the core of this whole beast. It's the administrative state that has driven the COVID crisis through their unilateral actions that have been totally uh, um, refractory to executive oversight during the Trump administration. They have actively played the president and that administration resisted at every turn. And then Biden came in and Biden is basically a creature of the administrative state, near as I can tell, together with the Washington Post. But, he does everything he can to support But, 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 but hang, hang on a second, because in, in the administrative state, you, you've now had, the administrative state's bad enough, that's a fourth branch of government's impervious to elections, it's just permanent. I read that piece about the Vietnam War from Neil Shaheen in, in The Best of the Brightest. But in the national defense area, and worse, in the medical public health area, it, it used to be called regulatory capture. This is not regulatory capture anymore. We're talking about something, and this is why your research and knowledge is so important. This is the merger. It's, 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 it's what we call, what uh, Jack Posobiec used to say, elite capture with the Chinese Communist Party, the elite capture. He says, no, what you're seeing there is elite merger. The merger of the state capitalism and authoritarian outlook of Beijing with London with Paris, with Davos, with Brussels, and particularly with Washington, D.C., it's a late merger. What you're seeing at your level is not regulatory capture. We're beyond that. When you, look, when you, see, when you see Malone deconstructing FDA and CDC, and this is when these decisions start to make sense, because I keep asking, how can I have brilliant guys like Malone and these other people that are all credentialed? McCullough, these are guys all from Harvard, or they're all from Stanford, and they're sitting there going, no, this is wrong, and you got guys on the same thing saying, no, 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 we're going to put the jab in the kids from five to six. I said, it can't be. The bid the answer is something wrong. It's administrative state and big pharma merger. You have not regulatory capture. That's an old concept. That's like talking about bureaucrats. If you're talking about bureaucrats, you're back in the, the buggy era. This ain't about a bureaucracy. This is about a state. This is what, what did he call it? Uh, even Neil Shaheen called, I think, the concentrated state, right? Yep. That was in, in the Pentagon thing. That's what Malone's talking about. And if you think any one administration, this is the guys who tried to force Trump out. You saw that in the, the yep. interagency process. Remember Vindman and those guys. Well, the interagency process, like it's sacrosanct. I've got, a, I've got the holy grail of how the administrative state works. It's the memo. It's the interagency process. Uh, Dr. Malone, I know this. you work on this huge book, but connect, because it, 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 it's so uh, disorienting for people to see credentialized people on both sides of this, and you can't kind of understand this wilderness of mirrors, which they used to call the intelligence community. 
the FDA, the CDC, and the big pharma, they all move as a team, do they not, sir? Yeah, it is coordinated, and you're exactly right. The intelligence community is a key component of this. It's actively been weaponized to support the administrative state. In my opinion, it acts as an arm of the administrative state. The administrative state has become a structure uh, that is referred to by political scientists as inverted totalitarianism. It's a totalitarian structure in which the ostensible leader, the president, is actually at the service of the administrators. That's why it's inverted. And he's at the service and beck and call of, in particular, the uh, uh, core of specialists, uh, the uh, uh, senior executive service that manages the entire country proudly as its own flag. And what these people have done is they partnered with corporations, with all the big boys, and they've done it through a variety of different mechanisms. There's all the trivial mechanisms that we already kind of know about, such as the revolving door that exists between federal employees and big pharma, just as one example. And this occurs throughout all of the agencies that have a regulatory function. But uh, they have developed also special tools in the case of the CDC and the NIH, such as the Foundation for CDC and the Foundation for NIH. These are congressionally chartered ways that big pharma can push money into the agencies, and particularly Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and get them to do their bidding. Otherwise, this activity would have been expressly prohibited, but the Congress has allowed it to happen by legislative action directly. Then, as if that isn't bad enough, we've all been shocked by the huge amounts of royalty revenue coming to federal employees and Tony Fauci, etc., which there's been an attempt to hide the Freedom of Information Act request responses. This is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, and this directly ties uh, NIH and CDC staff, leadership, uh, senior executive service, and the corporations that they serve. They, they create uh, inventions, intellectual property, using taxpayer money. They then patent this license, including in many cases exclusive licenses, to the uh, corporations in the uh, pharmaceutical, medical, industrial complex. They then pay directly both the institutes and their employees that were involved in those uh, decisions. And those people are now involved in making the decisions about who gets further funding for what technologies. It's a clear conflict of interest. It was never the intention of the Bayh-Dole Act to include federal employees in this process. It was supposed to incentivize the private sector and universities and nonprofits, but it has been turned on its head to become a, a clear uh, and present danger by tying the uh, interests of big corporate America directly to the administrative state. So as usual, we're finding it to be very edifying to go through the news, to go through the different articles, and we have to find media sources that aren't totally corrupt. We have to find talking heads, pe news readers, people who are going to aggregate information for us and give us the real deal, the real scoop.
instead of the you know the the misinformation disinformation propaganda corporate media like cnn that now they want to just blow us up on environmental we're, oh we're going into an environmental emergency now now everything is supposed to stop you know everyone in 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 yemen who's fighting uh the, the kufis or whatever over there just everyone stop everyone uh, china no longer target taiwan uh you know, Russia just halt all operations in Ukraine because we have an environmental emergency. That's what, that's what Washington D.C. says. We got to stop everything we're doing, and we better just turn over all the the instruments of production and the the state authority, the apparatus of power, and just turn it over to solving the climate crisis. So now they have this completely inane, made up pseudoscience bullshit tripe that we have to deal with coming out you know through the united nations through washington dc through new york city right where everyone's going to just go on to this environmental climate alarmist standing and we're going to we're going to start masking up because of the climate you know we have to we have to do, wear the mask in order to to filter out the climate from we can't breathe it you know it's dangerous you know so it, 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 we have to go into this this shockingly idiotic state so it's what we did during the the hysteria of covid 19 we went into hysteria we went into mass psychosis and we just as a, as a whole society and as a global people as a global society we went into this hysteria and we all had to do whatever we were told we had to just walk with only one foot and you know wear a mask on tuesdays and do all these different regulations because we were told to by the World Health Organization, by the the new, the new burgeoning global government, you know, through the CDC, through Deborah Burks, you know, who spent all of her time undermining the president of the United States. She should be put up on charges. She should be arrested. She's not even a, she's not a legitimate doctor. She's just another another deep state actor, another bad actor there to take advantage of the situation and to ultimately serve masters that would pay her. So she, she's just looking for people to, to pay her out, to give her marching orders and to tell her what to do. And she became the little, the, the head of the little, the, you know, the biosecurity state that, the biosecurity state that was kind of established under Trump. And um, of course, he, he, he fails to take any responsibility for it. He failed, he, he appointed Burks. He, he dealt with Fauci and he dealt with all these bureaucrats. He had them all in place. He, he did project warp speed i mean he, he he just kind of had to line up and join with this system of world totalitarian medicine right world medicine where we're going to tell you everywhere in the world you know what you you know you there's this injection it's in this little bottle here it, you can't understand the words on the bottle but you're going to take this it's been stored properly you know it's been refrigerated properly you don't have anything to fear just like one in every you know one in every 27 people dies from it but you know it, it, so this process of, of vaccinating the world is a process of depopulation this is something you have to come to terms with you might not be able to face that reality now because you're dealing with a normalcy bias you just you, all this information just too extreme it's too shocking it can't be real i get you i totally understand what you're saying i understand where you're at but ultimately you're going to be you're going to find out over the course of time just like they did it with auschwitz and people didn't want to believe that they were just mass murdering Jews by the hundred thousand, right? By the million. No one wanted to believe it, but ultimately, over the course of time, facts, the horrifying facts cannot be erased. The truth bears out. There's no way, there's nowhere to bury the truth forever. Eventually, it pokes out of the sand, and eventually you see it, and eventually you have to face it. This is a depopulation agenda from the United Nations. It's not about making the world healthy. They don't want to save billions of lives to keep polluting 
right, to keep on using up the air. I mean, if they're counting up cow fat flatulence, if they're counting up cow farts and trying to like calculate the, the, the quantum effect of the particles of cow farts to the atmosphere and saying that's global warming, then how many, how many useless breathers and useless eaters are in Africa? How many useless eaters are in Pakistan? How many useless eaters in India and in America? I mean, how many, you know, they just look at the world population now as something that's ruining their perfectly pristine environment. Now they've gotten over to robotics. They've gotten over to automation. They, they don't really need like, this billion, billions and billions of populations on the earth, right? They're, they're world leaders. They, like Klaus Schwab said, they plan the future. They make up the decisions by which everyone else is going to be ruled. They're world, they're global rulers, right? Of, of the world, right? So we have to, you know, if they want to eliminate, you know, half the population or a couple billion people through wars and famine and starvation through some kind of technotronic means, then, you know, then that's good. That's good for the planet. That makes Stalin a hero. Stalin was a hero when he went over to the Ukraine and he killed, uh, you know, five from 50 million. Was it 50 million? I mean, how many million was it? I mean, when you stack up the bodies, nobody really knows, like 35, 37, 42, 50 million. 50 million kulaks were starved and killed under Stalin. 50 million. Do you know how much that is? Because I have no idea. That's just that's just like like a third of the country. You know, that's Of course, if, if he killed 50 million kulaks, then they were just useless breathers. They were the Lao Beijing. They were just the, the deplorables. No one needs them. So he's a hero now. So no, you know, we can no longer really like consider him to be a monstrous, bloodthirsty tyrant and a dictator. But he was a he was a philanthropist and an environmentalist, and he saved the earth. Stalin did save the earth from all these polluting, you know, pigs. You know, the the they're just like pests. He just got rid of all the pests and he, he saved the world. That's what Stalin did. Of course, that's the ideology that's being foisted on us now thrown from the United Nations and the World Health Organization. World Health. It's not a human health organization. It's world health. So when they come through with their shots and you watch people flop on the floor and now now you're sicker than ever. Now you took all the vaccines like you were supposed to, like a, a, good, a good little girl or a good little boy and you, and you gave it to your kids and you did everything right just as you were told to do. Now you're going to find that you're sicker than you've ever been in your life. And each time you get sicker, it affects your immune system and it makes it weaker and you're closer to dying. And then when you try to get over it and you mount a response and your system fights it off and then you get sick again and now you're even sicker because your immune system's even weaker, you're killing you. These, the, this whole process of vaccinating you and, and, and giving you this, this false, this pseudo vaccine, this, what do they call it, gene therapy, what kind of thing is that? That's what, that's what you've been given and that's how they've manipulated you into, into going along with the program here. And now you and your kids are going to find that you're going to be sicker than ever. You should have just had natural immunity. You should have gotten sick and your, your natural immunity should have fought it off and created a- antigens and, and different chem- chemistry in your body to fight it and then have the memory of that so the next time that your body encounters that, that, that pathogen or, 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 or one related to it, because now it's a little bit of a change. Now it's, it's changed, it's mutated. Something related to that original pathogen, it can mount a response and fight it off. And eventually you'll have natural immunity. Your, your body won't even know when, when you get infected with that COVID virus because your body's just gonna just, it's just gonna bounce off you like you got a suit of armor. But you, you, you hyper-extended that process. You distended that process of becoming naturally immune because you took those vaccines. Now, your body, after being exhausted by all those vaccines, your immune system being exhausted, now your, your body has to adjust and now has to actually get to natural immunity now. 
after everyone else in the world did, you you're you are a vaccinated person. Your body that vaccine is going to wear off. Now you have to face the virus. You can't stay vaccinated forever. So now your weakened immune system. If you've been vaccinated three or four times, COVID might kill you. That's the reality. That's the shocking reality that you don't understand. That it didn't protect you. It just it just extended the process of you getting sick repeatedly. So that now that your body has to adjust to these the, the different mutant variants that are out there. Now you have to ultimately your body has your your actual immune system and not a vaccinated protection. A prophylactic is not there. So now you need to just your body needs to adjust. So you're going to get sick just like everyone else did originally two years ago. So that's the reality of the situation you're dealing with, guys. And as we're moving forward, as we go through this process of reviewing the facts, enlightening ourselves with the information, and discovering the truth of the reality that's behind the implementation and the instrumentality of this agenda for world government, you're going to find that there are some necessarily distressful facts, necessarily distressing news that we have to bring to the forefront here. And it has to do with what we'll discover when we look at the foundations of the United Nations, of the non-government organizations, the NGOs that make up the body of that, the various supposedly charitable foundations and trusts. And as we go into this process of looking into the actual staging and development and build-up of the United Nations as a pet project and private organization of the global elite and various aristocracy and ruling parties and families and nobility around the world having participated in this, the uh, riverfront, waterfront property in Manhattan that was donated by the Rockefeller family to this project, the forerunner in 1922 of the League of Nations, and of course, uh, 1922, like 2022, is a corresponding century dating to the original Treaty of Verona, which was, uh, you know, a signing pact ceremony for the Holy Alliance and for the, the Congress of Vienna, which happened there in Austria, which is something we've been discussing a lot and we've been trying to shine, shine a lot of light on. So 1922, it makes sense that their great concert of nations, the great task of building a bureaucracy and a, a, a corporate board setting by which you could run the nations of the world by ga- gaining the consent and the uh, concurrence of the various world leaders. You have the G7 summit and this process of, of trying to shape world history. Like we, like we said that, you know, Klaus Schwab, bragged so recently in Davos that these, you know, the, the, these are the fellows who are going to ultimately shape the future and direct the future of mankind, decide how many people we need in the population, so on and so forth. And so these, this dictatorship of the elite, the world powers, have developed the United Nations early on as, a, 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 as an apparatus having the appearance of world government and global a global imperium and council by which all the different nations of the world could come together and they could end war and they could end poverty and end famine. And they could, you know, they could, you know, of course, reign over the world from the United Nations. So as we're going forward, we're going to take a closer look at what is the religious doctrine? What are the beliefs and ideals, the precepts and the ideological faith of the United Nations? So that's what brings us back into this world, this 18th century world, a 19th century world where 
we have spiritism, we have mediums and seances, which were all the rage, you know, over the turn of the century in the 1900s, 1920s, in the 1890s, and through that entire period, even um, Abraham Lincoln, his wife was said to bring in uh, seances and mediums who tried to contact the ghosts of the dead and try to put you in contact with the spirit world. And so this, this kind of perception of the world, the Swedenborgian space that Stephen King likes to always write about, this idea that, that um, the, the afterlife is kind of like an echo uh, of, of life and you can, you can find people, spiritual, spirits wandering around in, in the wilderness of the ether and if you, you summon them with a candle, you can speak to your dead relatives and your, and your mother in the grave. And so all this idea, this all comes from um, the, the idea of sorcery. And, it, and it's an aspect of witchcraft. And it's an aspect that we see in the Witch of Endor in, in the Bible, who was trying to call up the spirit of the prophet for the king of Israel in order to question him. And so th- this is a kind of a demonic practice. And so this is the kind of basis of... The nature of the spiritual principles that are crystallized at the heart of the United Nations. And so that's going to ultimately bleed over into the Bank of International Settlements and the World Bank and, and, the, and the World Health Organization and the World Trade Organization and the, you know, all, this entire apparatus of global, global government that we see instituted at the United Nations is arising out of this foundation of occult mystery schools and secret societies. And ultimately, we can see, if you look carefully, the, the fingerprints of the Vatican ultimately behind this too. And, you, and we're going to ultimately bring this together to, to make you fully aware, fully informed about the nature of what's happening at the Vatican. And we're going to look more closely at this relationship between Helena Blavatsky and the Freemasons and Alice A. Bailey and all these other proponents and prophets of this uh, and witches and sorcerers of this New Age movement. This new age movement that that uh, was so underpinned by Darwinism, which seemed to show this process of, of root races. So it it, it worked. Uh, Hitler was a proponent of Helena, Helena Blavatsky and had the book The Secret Doctrine by his bed. At least that's what he he was said. Maybe he was just trying to placate and flatter Blavatsky with such words. But he he was said to be a proponent and a reader because, like Darwinism, Blavatsky showed. This, uh, this, and Mormonism too. Mormonism had this underpinning root of racism, which pitted you know, people with less melanin in their skin with against people who had more melanin in their skin. So if you, you know, your ancestors were farther away from the equator, then your ancestors were Northmen. They were men who were going to be pale. And if your ancestors were closer to the equator, then your 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 ancestors were more likely to have pigmentation, to have melanin in their skin, and have a darker complexion. So th- this, this, of course, is a, just a little bit of scientific knowledge that puts to bed all racist, uh, racist hatred and racist ideology uh, you know, and prejudice. But, of course, a lot of these occult, mystical organizations like Mormons and like Blavatsky and Theosophy, they're ultimately going to be instituted and, and, and deeply instilled with the racist narrative and racist ideology of their time. So just like Darwin is going to look at people with darker complexions, less evolved, you know, closer to monkeys, right? Which is, of course, ridiculous. We didn't evolve from monkeys at all. You know, that, that connection between humans and apes is completely erroneous. That's something we have to get into more, too. There's just so much we have to cover. 
I mean, you have to recognize that if you want to look into the, the fallacy of Darwin and Darwinian evolution, all you have to do is go back to the Piltdown hoax. And the Piltdown hoax was when you had some paleontologist, a trained paleontologist, Teilhard de Chardin, who was ultimately going to use like a fossil boar jaw and put it on a fossil uh, ape skull and say that th this was the interconnecting. This was the interconnecting evidence that there was, you know, there was a Cro-Magnon man. There was a, a crossover species between monkey and humans that that showed the evolutionary steps. And of course, it turned out to be a total hoax. Teilhard de Chardin was at the same time made famous by showing that Darwin was right and that, that you know, people who, who were pale-skinned and who were stood upright and who were tall, you know, they were, were far, far evolved past these short little uh, brown people that made up the planet. And so they were closer to monkeys, you know, so that's what the Piltdown hoax did. It, it established Darwin, a Darwinian ideology in science with a hoax, with fraud. So later on, we would find out much too late after, you know, evolution theory was already installed and ensconced in all the schools of academia around the world and all the drawings and the propaganda and the pictures and, the, you know, the little artistic renderings that showed, you know, the, the process of supposed process of evolution, of course, was all propaganda. And when we find out later that Piltdown man is a hoax and there is no transitional evidence between monkeys and humans, and we find out that Teilhard de Chardin, the paleontologist, is a Jesuit. This is not just a matter of, uh, of speculation, but it's just a, a, an absolute fact. So you can see on every level, you know, Teilhard de Chardin was the one who guided this evolutionary theory into the United Nations when it was being established. And it became part of this thesis of Helena Blavatsky and this racial theorem that tried to show that the nobility of, of France and of Europe and the British and the Spanish, you know, the, the, the blue blood bloodlines of, of nobility were highly evolved above the, the common folks and the, you know, the un, the uncontacted tribes of the Amazon and, you know, all the, all the lesser monkeys, you know, they're just, they're beasts. That, 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 that's this whole ideology is what gets us to this process of world depopulation. It gets us to this heartless dehumanizing process of crushing and destroying the population in order to preserve the elite because they're more evolved. You know, science, they're, they're science. Okay, you don't question the nobility. You don't question the bloodline elite. There's science, right? So ultimately, this process of unveiling the trickery, the machinations, and the subterfuge of the, the building up this United Nations, we have to look at their Luciferian doctrine. We have to look at the teachings behind, in, in, in the substrate, in, in the substrata of the United Nations itself that, that push forward all this environmental doctrine, push forward all this you know, depopulation agenda to push forward all this hysteria and extremism over the environment. That's why you have all these Greta Thunbergs running around, losing their minds, going insane, acting like people are poisoning the planet. And, and you know, they're the same people who are going to believe in Darwin and, and who don't, who believe that, that we just evolved from monkeys. So the same people who are going to believe in, in theosophy and the seven rays of, of, of enlightenment and believe, you know, ultimately that there were these root races, that's what Blavatsky was teaching, is that there was these root races, and they, uh, they were sub-races, and they, they all kill each other off, and there was a, a more pure, a more highly tuned, perfect race, that, you know, that's why Hitler loved Blavatsky. They came up out of the, uh, that was genetically more advanced, and was more closely connected to the Elo Elohim, right? The Elohim are the, uh, the, 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 the gods, you know, 
the, the gods who came from another dimension who ultimately seeded the earth with humanoid life forms. And there was the there was all the monkeys, and there were always you know, there was the Elohim, like Adam. Right? This is the this is the teaching of Theosophy. So it gets really into the weeds here because no one cares about this. Everybody just wants to watch ESPN, watch the golf channel. They want to go swimming, go, go fishing on their boat. They don't, they don't care about the, the, the underpinnings of occult science and occult doctrine within in the United Nations. But this is what's driving the, the ideology towards the, the elite ideology towards world domination and driving this extremism and anti-human agenda, this Malthusian hatred of humanity. It's, it's, it comes from their deep-rooted belief that they are ascended race, that, they're, that their blood and their genetic peerage makes them higher and makes them more closely ascended to God. So that's what we're going to start to show here. We're going to start to bring this inf information out. We're going to show detail by detail, quote by quote, step by step. We're going to go into the occult grimoires. We're going to go into the information and dig it all out for you. <laughs>